Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of FanRag Sports' Premier League podcast with me, Sebastian Noren, and Polly Costell. Elliot is still on location in uh, Europe. I think last time we heard of him from him, he was in Germany. So, uh, still no Elliot. We'll see if we can get him on. It's just time difference, you know. It's middle of the night for him when we record. Uh, we'll take a quick It's not look. even. It's like 1 a.m. Pretty sure Elliot's always awake at 1 a.m. Uh, let's see. It's just past midnight right now in Germany, yeah. Well, we're going to take a look ahead at what's coming up this weekend as we got match day 32. And uh, on paper, not the strongest, you know, round of games here, but we'll we'll touch on a couple and then we'll give our scoring predictions. Match day 32. Yeah, I know. Squeaky bum time. Mm Mm-hmm. And speaking of squeaky bum time, we'll uh, jump ahead till Sunday and get this one over with. Sunderland taking on Manchester United. Can That's on Sunday? Yeah. 8.30 a.m. Oh, I really thought it was 7.30 a.m. on Saturday. No, that's Tottenham against Watford. Oh, that totally bums me out. Yep. So, that's annoying. Seeing that Manchester United have uh, a knack of dropping a lot of points, especially at home... Now they are on the road, though, against bottom of the table, Sunderland. Can they finally pick up a win here? A convincing win? Yeah, I have no fears about this game. Uh, uh, spoiler alert for later in the show, I think they're going to win, and they're going to win handedly because uh, that's just what they do away from home. They are just really bad at playing at Old Trafford because, well, Jose Mourinho was never successful at Old Trafford because, well, Jose Mourinho, um, you know, is not as good of a manager as we thought he was. Remember, his biggest his biggest Old Trafford triumph was a 2-2 draw. He had a good home record, though, when he was at Chelsea. Yeah, but that was at Stamford Bridge. It's a different field. It's a different yeah. pitch. It's a different, it's a different beast. Mm, yeah, 1-1 against Everton in their latest game, uh, thanks to a late equalizer from the penalty spot by Slatan Ibrahimovic. Um, what did you make of that game against Everton, though? Um, the United one? Yeah. They, did, they did you, are... Did you feel like it was more of the same as we've seen, where, you know, they sort of dominate, but they just can't score? Or did you feel like Everton actually played fairly well? Oh, they did. But it was... Uh, I mean, we threw out so many people who just didn't like where did where did Jose ex- expect the goals to come from i mean you're playing you're playing everton at home how many holding midfielders do you need so you know yeah. why do you have to why do you want to like we literally went out there with Ander herrera michael carrick and, and marijuan fellaini and you could say oh okay like we'll play like a 4-3-3 with carrick sitting back and you know kind of like remember when when Van Gaal found success with this formation, he, he played Carrick with Herrera and Fellaini, and then he played Young, Mata, and Rooney up top, and he found success because Herrera had the freedom to run all over the field, and Fellaini would just kind of push all the way up and, and be an extra man in the box. So the, optim, the optimistic person in me said, okay, I guess that's what you're going to do, but no, it was Herrera's going to run around and do I'm not sure what, and I don't think he was sure what because 
what role was he playing? Yeah. And Carrick was going to sit in front of the back four because that's what Carrick does. And Fellaini was, once again, just sitting back in front of the back four while we had a bunch of guys who can't cross the ball into the box trying to cross the ball into the box. And it, at a certain point, you're just looking at this at this guy who's supposed to be smart and saying, what the hell are you doing? And you continue to start Marcos Rojo out there, and he concedes the first goal badly. I, I mean, United, yeah, that's a bad goal to concede, but yeah. let's not pretend like they shouldn't have conceded a bunch of others. Um, they also could have scored a couple more. Two balls off the woodwork. Yeah, I mean, if 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 hitting the if hitting the post was worth something, Paul Pogba has already paid his transfer fee, and then some. <laughs> yep. And I mean, like, look, the guy hits the post a lot, which is great. I mean, it is it's great that he gets into positions and he's and he's getting these shots and he's picking out corners like that, but. It does. You do say like you know, eventually the ball will find its way into the net. So I'm not. I'm not saying like because I think the number is like nine. I'm not saying it like it's a bad thing. It just is an incredibly frustrating thing, and you know, you sh- even even with Pogba and Herrera hitting the post, you still should be scoring three goals against Everton at home. Yeah. What did you make about Pogba though? He came off. Or he came on uh, at halftime, and Daily Blint went off. Um, did you that give any real effect, or not really? Well, no, because like, cause now what are you doing? You know what happened there? Ash, first of all, as soon as that happened, Ashley Young looked confused as hell. He didn't know where to be. Yeah, he didn't he at know. one point. He, he no one, like, like, did did the managers t- talk to the team at halftime? Did he say, "All right, here's what we're gonna do, uh, Paul? You go out there and warm up." Uh, so that you're ready to come in daily. You're going to take a seat, which is, you know, ridiculous to begin with because you're better than Marcos Rojo. Um, but again, this is a manager who routinely picks Fellaini and Rojo over healthier, like other healthy options, even though they, they don't belong on a team that's in the top half of the Premier League. They certainly don't belong on a team that's playing in the champions league, which by the way, if you haven't noticed, we're not in the champions league. And that might be because we play people like Fellaini and, um, like Fellaini and Rojo. It, it, it's like Sunderland are not in the top half of the table because they play people like Lee Cattermole. Mm. You know, sometimes it's it's not unlucky. Sometimes it's just you're playing mediocre players and therefore you're sitting in a mediocre league position as a mediocre team when you have better options. And, you know, sometimes it, some maybe you don't know, know if you have better options. But, you know, that's what the academy is for. Like, we didn't know that we had a better striker than Rooney or Martial last year. And then we dipped into the academy and we found one. Yep. So, it it yeah the the move the move was weird because also where's Pogba going? Where's Fellaini? You know now you're playing the game with four central midfielders, um, plus Lingard and uh, who was the other winger Rushford. we had out there? Oh, right, Rashford. So you're playing with two strikers, four central midfielders, and Jesse Lingard, who's not really – he's like a wide attacking player. He's well, not I was really say, a what, winger. What is his best position? Well, I think I think like when he was coming up, you know, he was, he was obviously always the best kid, so he played in the middle. I don't think he's a, like a middle guy, but he's not a winger either. But I think he can learn to be a winger. Mm-hmm. 
He's a wide attacker. He's like Theo Walcott, kind of. Remember when Theo Walcott came up and he like wasn't really a winger, but yeah, was just a really wide attacker. Wasn't really a striker, yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's that's he's not really a wide midfielder, but he's not really a central midfielder either. Yeah. Speaking um, of Theo Walcott, he scored. Arsenal won three nothing. So they now jumped Manchester United, in so they're up to fifth. United back in sixth place, and you know we were. We tried not to talk too much about, you know, having games in hand and stuff like that, but they did have a, a really good opportunity you know, to actually wait, make wait. up some ground. Right. Well, yeah, and they did. They they got their win. It, I, you, you say the games in hand thing, and I, I'm reading an article after the United match on Tuesday where they said, oh, they dropped these points and everything, and they no longer have a game in hand. Like, they're four points behind City, and they no longer have a game in hand on them. And I was like, well, we will tomorrow. Yeah. Like City are going to play tomorrow, and then all of a sudden, and they're playing Chelsea. So there's like a a really good chance that City dropped points too. And I was like, so we're going to go back to having a game in hand on them. And that's, you know, that's the thing. United still, uh, I believe they still control their own destiny. They, they still don't, control they don't City. anymore. Because City okay. are four points ahead with one game more played. So if United wins that game. Right, but. Oh yeah, no, they do play yep, City. United so yes, play City. yep, you're United correct. United play City, so they can jump City if they yes, beat them. That is true. That is true. But they play all right. So they play at the Etihad. So maybe who knows? Uh, but they still have to play Chelsea at home. So that's at, at best a draw. Mm-hmm. But more like, but like actually a loss because at this point you can't even. And and they still, I don't know who else do they have to play at home because it's all they're all draws. Yeah, very, very poor performances at home. And they're up to 12 draws now, which is the most in the league. That's, that's absurd. And you know what? It just it makes me happy that Jose Mourinho is actually taking the Europa League seriously because maybe we can get into the Champions League. Yes, and then he will have to go out and go on a spending spree. Good, but Fellaini will still start over Griezmann. Oh so Fellaini needs to go. He really needs to just go. You know what the problem is? Is that like Mourinho actually values him and rates him. For what? For doing I don't what? Know, I don't understand. When Chelsea when Chelsea came to United last year, like uh, when they played at, at, at Old Trafford in in uh, December, like he had a man man-marking Fellaini. He had Cesc Fabregas man-marking Fellaini. It's crazy. Yeah, Manchester City, they take on Hull on one of the 10 a.m. kickoffs on Saturday. And what did you make about their game against Chelsea? They did end up losing 2-1. to one. I didn't make much of it because, you know, these these games are all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to keep track of them yep. all, especially while I'm working another, doing other things and trying to pretend to do work while actually watching. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I I just thought Chelsea were going to get themselves back on track, and they were, they would do so. And I didn't think either team would blow the doors off of one. Like you know, there wasn't going to be like an Arsenal letdown, uh, or anything. It's it's more just you know. First of all, there was a Fabian Delph sighting. Yep. Out there. Yeah. In was- a in a very hideous jersey. It was puzzling to say the least. You know, like, oh, we're playing Chelsea. I'm going to throw Fabian Delph back out onto the field. Uh, the defending was 
poor as always. But you know, you knew it was going to be poor. Like they were poor against Arsenal, and they're you're now playing a team that'll make you pay for being poor. Yeah, uh, and I mean we've we've spoken about their you know their wing backs last episode, and for this game they played with Jesus Navas and Gil Clichy. Wait, Jesus Navas saw the field in this he game too? He was the right back. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. So. Wow. Uh, yep. Yeah, it's it's makeshift out there. Yeah, they don't have fullbacks really. No. And I mean, it's, um, you know, Vincent Company played a full game, so that's good for him, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's good for them. If, if Company's going to uh, leave... If companies, I'm sorry, I'm reading a, an article about leaving. Um, if companies going to take the place of John Stones, if he's not, then you're still going to have your same. Oh no, he's going to take the place next to John Stones. Yeah, then you're going to have the same. Uh, um, you're going to have the same issues. Yeah. Although I feel like Company is a big, big upgrade over Otamendi. If company is yeah. healthy, he's a very good defender. Yeah, but you're yeah, but Stones is the issue. Yeah. But I feel like company could make up for some of those shortcomings better than Otamendi can. Yeah. So we'll see what happens though. City is sort of in a rut here now. Three straight draws and then that loss to Chelsea. Uh leaves them in fourth place, two points behind Liverpool, who had a draw against Bournemouth. Um, sort of an odd one. Joshua King, former Manchester United prospect, scoring with three minutes to go to tie the game. Because, well, Liverpool, their defending was shoddy at best. Also, questionable tactics by Jurgen Klopp. Mm. When he he took off Coutinho, um, and he took off someone else, I believe, with Liverpool controlling the game to go to a back three with three players who have never played together before and completely change the shape of Liverpool, and all of a sudden the game completely changes, and then you look at what that last goal was. That was just a bunch of defenders standing around not knowing what to do. Yeah, it took off Coutinho and put in Matip there in the 65th minute. Um, yeah, yeah, sort of an odd one, sort of an odd one. Um, looking at the table a little bit real quick here. Liverpool in third. They're five points behind Tottenham. We're in really good form. I know it was a sort of down to the wire against Swansea. Uh, they didn't get on the score sheet until the 88th minute, but then they scored twice in stoppage time to uh, seal the deal there. So The first team in Premier League history to be losing in the 88th minute and end up winning the game by two goals. Yeah, so Deli Ali scored in the 80th minute, then uh, Hyungmin Son, and then Christian Eriksen. So they're still seven points behind Chelsea. And Vincent Jansen getting involved on one of them. Still not on the score sheet, though. No, but my, my friend is a Spurs fan. He said, Jansen just did something good. Yeah. And I'd seen that they had just gone up 2-1. I was like, did he just bag the winner? And he said, no, nah, he held up play really nice and then had a really nice <laughs> flick on Flick on to Sun, and I went, so he pulled an out the door. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Tottenham in good form, five straight wins. Um, looking at their next fixture, though, they got that early game on 
Saturday against Watford. What do you make of that one? Can Watford be any problem for Spurs? It is at White Hart Lane too, I should add. I mean, Spurs are the form team. Yep. They are the form. They've won more points in 2017 than any other team in the in the league. Yeah. And apparently they've played, I think, eight games now without Harry Kane, and they've won five of them. That's pretty good. I, Kane, Kane could be I back think in of the this numbers, game so too. Kane's a little bit. Right, but it, it's everybody thinks that, like, oh, their reliance on Kane is is so much. It's really not. It, it's just like this well-oiled machine now. So, I mean, it, it, at the same time, though, it, it's Tottenham, so you, you can never get too comfortable. But Yeah, Watford, they have two they straight wins. They haven't lost a game without Kane. Nope. Yeah, Watford, they, One, two, took, three, they six, took a 2 nothing uh, win over West Brom in their latest game. And by Neon and Troy Deeney with the goals for them one. And I think, yeah, Deeney's up to 10 goals now. You know, which is pretty decent for a mid-table team. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But oh, Watford are just bad. I mean, and they were bad, and they, they did score. Uh, they did they, – they, they, they ruined my big parlay against West Brom. Yeah, they're in 10th place. They're not bad. I had a big parlay going, and – um, cause, cause I looked at the score sheet for, for the pick segment and I had myself another big week after a, a dreadful week. Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking and I'm like, well, I made a couple bets and I was like, how did I not win any money off these games if I picked them all correctly? Well, the answer is, is I threw in a really good five-way parlay that West Brom screwed up, but it wasn't West Brom that screwed everything up. It was Bayern Munich. Oh, Screwed up both my parlays. I had a five-way parlay, which I know was ambitious. Um, screwed up by West Brom and um, Bayern. West Brom and Bayern. And then I said, all right, on the side, I'm going to do a three-way parlay just to make sure that I can cover my losses on the other one because these are sure things. And that was Bayern, Dortmund, and Leicester. And somehow Bayern screwed me up again. Yeah, Leicester came through. They got five wins in a row now after beating Sunderland 2-0. Uh, Slimani and Vardy with the goals. Good goal by Vardy there. Nice little volley. Both assists came from Mark Albrighton. And they're up to 11th place now. Which sort of tells you also how just how bad they were. They got five straight wins and they're up to 11th. Well, it's not just how bad they were. It's how close the league has been. Because we've been saying this all the time, and at one point, you know, at one point it was like someone was closer. I think it was like some mid-table club was, you know, like Bournemouth was like 12th, and they were like equally as close to fourth place as they were to last place. You know, the league has just been so close that a couple wins, and boom, you shoot up the table. Yeah, but even then, some teams put themselves in such a big hole that – I mean, Palace, they have four wins in the last five. They're still only three points clear of the drop. Yeah, well, the drop has also been playing pretty well. Swansea's been winning a few games recently. Eh, okay. Sunderland's been... I don't know like, if well not, is... No, no, no. Not catastrophic. Uh, yes, they have been. So looking at the bottom three right now, Swansea got one win, then they got loss, loss, draw, loss. Middlesbrough has loss, 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 draw, loss. 
Sunderland, loss, loss, draw, loss, loss. So those three teams, together with West Ham, who has five straight losses. Uh, okay, but in my mind, it's played out differently, and anything yeah. that you say is alternative facts. <laughs> this, I'm just reading what happened. I'm just confused because, like, I like. All right, so we had two Premier League games this, like, in the last four days, and I feel like we've had three Premier League games in the past five weeks. I, I feel like I've watched a lot of soccer recently, and just none of it's been league matches. Yeah. So yeah. So like you... when you when you factor in their last five games, like we're going back to like February second here. Uh, let's see, February twenty fifth or twenty sixth. So yeah, it's okay. again it's ultimate a, fact. It's February. a while back. Yeah. Speaking of Crystal Palace, though. They take on Arsenal on Monday. That's the Monday game. That's a 3 p.m. kickoff, Eastern time. So Arsenal finally got that win. They beat West Ham 3-0. Oh my God. Is this... I can't believe – we need Elliot's thoughts on this. I need, yeah. I need an Arsenal fan to tell me how, how the fecal matter will hit the fan in this game against a terrible Crystal Palace team. Ooh. And we kind of know that it will. <laughs> I mean, Sam Allardyce has gotten Palace playing just the way he wants it. You know, they got a one nothing win over Middlesbrough, 2 nothing win over West Brom, one nothing over Watford, and then, shockingly, 2-1 over Chelsea. Um, Let's give Sam Allardyce some credit because um, he came in and took that job when? In December, January? Uh, let's see when he took over. Whenever he took it, and and I I I didn't think it was an excuse at the time. I thought it was accurate, and my picks reflected it. Remember, like we would make picks, and I would say, "Look, this isn't Big Sam time yet." You were all like, "Oh, Crystal!" You and Elliot were like, "Crystal Palace, Big Sam. Let's get behind them. They're going to start winning." And I was like, "It's not Big Sam time yet." And and Big Sam came in and he said, "Yeah, late December." He he said, "If we're going to get out of this, he goes, it's not going to be right now." He went like it's gonna take us some time, and he goes, and if we're gonna get out of this, it's gonna be like we're gonna it's gonna be done in April and May. And he goes, and we're gonna we're gonna be in a situation where we're gonna have to win in April and May, and he's, if we do, we're gonna get out of it, and, and if not, you know, then we're gonna go down. But it's it's not gonna happen immediately, and he's been right on the nose. Mm-hmm. You know, it's April and they're playing well now. Yeah, little bit of a setback for them though is that it looks like they will be without uh, Yuan Kabaye for the game. That, that is a setback. Uh, yeah. I have a hot one here. You want a hot one? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Let's throw out a hot one. Let's say Crystal Palace uh, goes goes and beats Arsenal this Monday. Does does Big Sam get does Big Sam's name get thrown into the hat for Arsenal next year? No. Not a chance. I don't know. Let that one sit on the fire, cook up a bit. <laughs> I highly, highly, highly doubt or that. Just, just put a marker there so we can look back at, at that. If it ever wildly does happen, April sixth, I said it. There we go. And I'll, I will not. Let me take back the word "ever." If it happens for next year, mm-hmm. so I'm specifically saying for next year, not if like somehow the apocalypse happens and Big Sam takes over Arsenal in 2020 when they're you know in a relegation battle. Yeah. I'm making the call for next year. Uh, Burnley, they put an end to their bad run by beating Stoke one nothing at home, of course. And uh, they will be on the road against Middlesbrough, and I think this could be the week. 
this could finally be the week where we see a Burnley away win. Oh, I was going to say, this is going to be the week where we get a nil-nil draw. Oh, I mean, everything is talking against it. Burnley so far on the road, 15 games, they have three draws and 12 losses. Also, their bad run recently was... A lot of away games. Oh, oh, a lot. One, two, three, four in a row. That doesn't happen in the Premier League. How did that happen? I don't know. Was... Was Turf Moore just not available in March? Uh, maybe the circus was they there. They did not play know. a home game in March. And then their next home game was Tottenham. So, yeah. like, that's understandable. So, as soon as they got a, a, a mediocre team, they did Burnley things. Yep. Yeah, that's true. They're up to 14th place now. They got 35 points. And looking pretty good. I think they're going to stay up. So, good on them. Good on them. Uh, do we want to move over to our scoring predictions? We do. Okay, so ahead of match day 32, I'm still dead last. Let's can wait a round of applause to you. Oh, really? What a week you had. 11 points, five correct e- games. and Easily, then... easily the best week you've ever had. And I don't know if it is. You picked three games. Yes. You picked three games correctly, which I think was a record. Yep, and then you went that and stood until I added up my scores. Yep. Because I did you first, then I did Elliot, and then I did me. So it your record stood for about eight minutes. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I had three games correct right on the nose. That was Leicester, Sunderland, Swansea, Tottenham, and Chelsea, Man City. Whereas you went and pulled out four correct score lines with Burnley, Stoke, Leicester, Sunderland, Manchester United, Everton, and Chelsea, Manchester City. Elliot had two of those overlapped. Uh, That's impressive because we El- hate picking your scores. Elliot had no correct scores. We hate picking your scores, and two of them overlapped. Yeah. Also, I I almost think I should give back my bonus points for United Everton because, like, like well, <laughs> you no, call, actually, you call it no. such a gimme, yeah. So no, I'm not giving back my points because I told you both in advance, like yeah. this was a lock them up, like throw away the key, just such a guarantee that it was going to M one one, and you guys were too dumb to. to well, I mean, to I couldn't points. change it after the fact. I mean, Elliot, I, Elliot, Elliot, I've been saying. Yeah, but I, I said it before. I I always go first, or most likely I always go first. Right, I but I had already told you. But you said it when we talked about the game before the scoring predictions. You said, mm. I'm sure you're going to pick 1-1. And I said, yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't say anything, but it was, yeah, because, you know, like, until you prove to me otherwise, I'm going to pick 1-1. Yeah, so I'm sitting last 184. Elliot's in second, 207, and then Paulie's in the lead with 215. And Elliot's got no excuse because he's in Europe, so he has better coverage than we do. <laughs> well, he still has that one match day where he forgot to put his picks in. Yeah, he but can, at this point, I'm, he can I'm always, like... He can always blame that. Yeah, but he doesn't... Most weeks, he gets around six or seven, and I am now seven points ahead of him, so... Eight. Two oh seven, two fifteen. That's eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. My bad. Math isn't my strong suit. That's okay. That's okay. Let's kick things off with Tottenham against Watford. Uh, Kane. I mean, Kane might be back for this one. I think that's uh, yeah. okay. Let's go four one. A lot of goals. Uh, I go three, three nil. Three nil. Oh, okay. To Watford or to Tottenham? 
to Tottenham. <laughs> you didn't put anything in. <laughs> uh, Manchester City Hall. I mean, I don't. I don't really feel like City are blowing the doors off of any teams. So it might two nothing. I mean, Manchester City are they're a really bad home. They're really bad at at uh at home, or significantly worse at home than they are on the road. Hull are a really bad team overall. Um, but a team yeah. that has been playing a lot better since yeah, and, Marcus Silva took over. I'm, I'm, I almost just said, well, they got a draw at Old Trafford, but that's not an accomplishment. So, yeah, I'm with you. 2 0. Yeah, they got two straight wins coming into this one. They beat West Ham and Middlesbrough. Um, next up, Middlesbrough against Burnley. I'm going 1 0 Burnley. I really want them to at least get one away win. I'll go nil nil because I said it before. <laughs> I mean, at least get one. I mean, part of me would be it would be pretty cool though if they went a whole season without winning a single away or yeah, without winning a single away game and still stay up. I mean, that's a feat within itself. Stoke against Liverpool. Stoke not very good form. Liverpool they don't really know how to defend. Um, although I think yeah, they'll pull this one out though. Let's go with some goals here though. Three two Liverpool. Um, and I don't think Klopp is going to go with a back three. I go 1-1, one, one, honestly. I, I think they struggle at Stoke. Okay. Uh, West Bromwich Albion takes on Southampton. Southampton actually bounced back after you know two fairly poor games. Uh, beat Crystal Palace 3-1. Ward Prowse had a goal. Is Gabidaini still out? Yeah. Mm. Let's go one one. Yeah, one one. Uh I like one one, but I'll go one now. To West Brom. To West Brom, okay. West Ham slumping, slumping. West Ham taking on Swansea in what is a very important game, especially for Swansea. Um, five losses in a row for West Ham. Swansea not much better. Uh, ah, let's go with this scoreless one here. Zero zero. Two one to the Swans. Oh. I mean, they would need it. I mean, at this point, with Hull actually playing fairly well, I definitely need it. They're two points behind Hull going into this one. Bournemouth taking on Chelsea. Chelsea bounced back with the win over City, so they shouldn't have any problem with Bournemouth. Uh, three, nothing. To Chelsea? Yes. Hazard is warming up now, man. He's going to get that PFA Player of the Year award. I go 1-0 to Chelsea. Bournemouth's mm. tough. Mm. Sunderland, Manchester United, 4-0 Manchester United. Oh, I was going to go 3, and I'll, and I'll stay there. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, I mean, they just they need a game Trafford, like that. Let the goals rain in. Yeah, they just need a comprehensive win for once here. They uh, get it. They get it all the time, though. They get it all the time. They get them at home all the time. They play somebody that's not a... Like, they play Premier League teams that aren't in the Premier League at home. The goals rain in. Yep. I mean... 
I mean, anything less than three, a goal, a three goal margin would be not unacceptable. What it would be. I mean, what, what's the, all right, hold on. I retweeted it a couple, like a day ago or something. It's like Jose Mourinho is like the worst manager. He's the, he has the lowest win rate since 1974. Mm, that's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. He's bad. Oh, yeah, like as if like as if I'm mean, you're on my side on this too. Like we're on the same side here. Like why were we so excited to get him? I have no idea, and I mean it's gonna. I don't see them firing him in the summer either. No, no matter won't. what, no but, matter what happens. No matter what, but uh, well, because they can't you, at this point. Like you can't, and I mean I know that the club is like a Champions League, you know. Uh, Moyes got fired as soon as he couldn't qualify for the Champions League. Same thing with Van Gaal got fired when he didn't qualify for the Champions League. Huh, yeah, it's I mean he has that ace up in his sleeve is that he's got the Europa League, but Yeah, but well, what geez. if they don't make it all yeah, the what way? If we don't win it? Yeah. <laughs> what if we don't win? I mean, we're the best team in the we're by far the best team left and luckily our form in the Europa League is very good. So hopefully it's not an issue, but I mean, hopefully we go on and win the competition. Yeah, but even then, though, I mean, it's, I mean, we don't want to get too Man United centric here, but you know, let's say that they go and win the Europa League and they finish sixth. Fine, you still get a place in Champions League, but oh no, no, no! See, I was just about to bring this up, bring this up, and be like, all right, this isn't Man United centric because this is the story of the Premier League and it's Mourinho. He'll sit there at that press conference and be like, "What do you mean I didn't have a successful season? I won two trophies. I made Champions League." Yeah, but the That's, thing is that there it is. Oh, you, that's the, there's his spin zone right there. Yeah, I made I win two trophies. How many trophies did David Moyes win? How many trophies did Van Gaal win? Look, it's his process. I win two trophies. Okay, I who can oh I finished sixth. Am I in the Champions League? I'm in Champions League. Yeah, but what I'm worried about is that I I just don't trust him to build this team. Oh well, nobody you shouldn't trust him to build this team. He's never built a team ever. Because I mean, there's a clear gap between Manchester United right now. And the top teams, just yeah, with the just on the field. I mean, yeah, they got good names on paper, but the way they're performing on the pitch right now, yeah. But it's, like, it's not week, up to snuff. Every week you go out there and you start like you start Ashley Young and you start Marcos Rojo and <sighs> yeah, it's bad. I mean, it is bad. It is bad. Uh, let's get back to Ashley it. We got... Young and Antonio Valencia were really good players for mediocre teams who. Made mediocre teams slightly better, but still mediocre. And we spent got copious amounts of cash for them to come and be mediocre. Yeah. At no point have they justified or even looked like the caliber of players that played for Manchester United before them. But now they're players that we rely on. No wonder you're mediocre. Yeah. Everton take on Leicester. Leicester. This is a tough game. It is. Everton at home, they're good. Leicester away, though, they're not. They're pretty bad. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, but you're looking at that through the prism of the whole season. Hey, you know what? You think that? I'm not going to give you advice. I'm no, just no, but I'm just, I'm just looking through it here. Like their five game run here, only one of those five games has been on the road, and that was against West Ham, who is a very poor good. home team. Now I feel better about my prediction. Hmm. Two two. I say two one to Everton. 
Yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I'm not convinced about. Yeah, Lesser has done phenomenal since you know Ranier left and all that stuff. But and they they also got the Champions League to think about. Uh, Crystal Palace Arsenal. That's our last game. Arsenal. They don't have to worry about the Champions League anymore. I mean, did they ever? <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, I still think that you're going to win this one, though. It's not going to be all puppies and rainbows, but 2-1 to one Arsenal. I'm going to go 3-2 to Arsenal. I mean, I, I would like for Crystal Palace to take points off them, of course, but we'll see what happens. Um I mean, going back to Leicester, though, I mean, just how much must they factor in that they got a Champions League fixture coming up? Oh, a lot, because it's it's not an easy Champions League game, but it's a, it's winnable. Like, if you play this tie right, it's winnable. You know, obviously, Atletico Madrid are very good, but, you know, to deal... To deal with Atletico Madrid's attack is a, a much. You're gonna have to worry about scoring because that's not easy. But to deal with Atletico Madrid's attack is far less a daunting task than to deal with Barcelona or Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we'll see see how things shakes out. It will be interesting. We'll talk more about those upcoming Champions League fixtures after the weekend. Until then, you can always find us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren, Polly is P. Questel, WFAN, and Elliot is Keats was better than give Fanrick Sports a follow as well. And uh, we'll talk to you again after the weekend. Until then, have a good Final week. thoughts! Yeah, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, see, I didn't even have one. Go for it. I gotta find one. What the hell is up with this U.S.-Mexico-Canada bid for the World Cup that's obviously going to happen because they have to give a bid to CONCACAF, like, right? because they haven't had one in what will be like 30 years. Uh, God, is it 30 years so, already? Yeah, pretty much. It'll be, by 2026, yeah. Uh, so like what happens there? Like, wh- like, first of all, is this good for, this was always my thing for the US. Like obviously we all want to host the World Cup and attend the World Cup, but yeah. that's four years of like non, no competitive games. And that's a lot. Uh, we don't know if the Confederations Cup will exist anymore. And even if it did, what happened? Who gets the bid out of three, you know, three teams between Mexico, the mm-hmm. U.S. and Canada? You're gonna play four years with no really competitive games. Well, you still have the Gold Cup, right? Yeah, which isn't competitive until <laughs> the final. If you make the final, and if Mexico makes the final, yeah. Um. So yeah, what happens there? That that I, is weird, I, though. Having three teams take three. Uh, so three teams, which, I mean, I guess at that point. Like the the World Cup would like FIFA would have to be like you're getting like the US could get one spot and Mexico and Canada are taking two of the CONCACAF spots. But like who's qualifying out of CONCACAF? You know, no one. No that. one. They're not gonna have a CONCACAF uh like the CONCACAF is just gonna be like, Okay, uh, Panama, Costa Rica and Honduras, you guys are in. Yeah. I mean that, that that's sort of weird. I don't know if I like. I mean, I don't like the new setup for uh, for the European Championship when you're going to play all over Europe. I don't like it. Uh, yeah, but that's one tournament. It's, it's only one tournament. Yeah, I don't know if having three co-hosts. I I you know I because I feel like the U.S. could host it by themselves. 
We well, can, they can't. We they can, can host it. They we just... have the stadium. We have the technology. We have everything. It's it's a matter of Canada and Mexico cannot. Yeah. So the only way to like get them like like Me- the only way for Mexico to be able to host it is to join the United States. The only way for Canada to be able to host it or even get into it. Yeah. Is to join the United States. But pick one then. Don't have all three. Yeah. Um. I don't. I. I'm. I think. I think this is like an Infantino thing, and and this is part of how he got elected, and. Yeah. By then, we'll have 60 teams in the World Cup. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also, Bayern Munich Dortmund this weekend. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good games, actually, on the next couple of weeks here. Um, let's see. Final thought. Let's go with Bebe. Do you remember Bebe? Remember Bebe, homeless World Cup player. Yeah. So, uh, Bebe nowadays, he's in uh, a bar in La Liga. And he, I'm in uh, a bar in New York City, so <laughs> he scored a goal and had an assist in their three to one victory over Las Palmas. And uh, Abar actually challenging uh, for a Europa League spot. Baby, I mean, just look look at his career here. So, okay, he joined uh, United in 2010. He went out to loan to Besiktas. Uh, Rio Ave, Pacos de Ferreira, ben, then he left for Benfica. Well, hey, let's call it this way. Yes. The guy has no skill, and I'm confused how he still didn't manage to find a way to stick around at Manchester United because, like, we've, we have mentioned several players already on the show at Manchester United that have no skill and have stuck around at United. Yeah. I mean, he he is the worst. Is he the worst signing ever? <sighs> if you just look at the price tag for what you got. Oh no, then no, there's so many worse. Like Andy Carroll's worse than that if we're, if you factor oh, no, no, the no. price I, tag. I'm just thinking Manchester United cuz they played or they paid uh, they paid no, over 7 here. million pounds for him. For what? I mean, you paid 30 we paid 30 million pounds for Berbatov who was not worth 30 million. Yeah. I still think Bebe was the worst buy. I mean, Jemba Jemba is up there. <laughs> Jemba Jemba. Uh, yeah, there's some there's some good ones. There's some there. names. There's some names. Yeah, maybe we'll do something or we'll do something on that during the off season. We'll take out our worst eleven. Uh, we'll do one for Manchester United together, and then Elliot can do one for Arsenal. Okay, so we with that, my most hated eleven. My most hated eleven would be interesting. Yeah, we can do that too. Of people that players that I hated because yeah. I was not a big Gary Neville fan. Oh, Neville, he was good for a while, but then he dropped off. Yeah, but like yeah. by the, like when I kind of became a fan, he was always hurt, and oh, then okay, okay. by the time like he returned from injury, there was always a better option. Yeah. Okay, so with that, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye bye. Thank you.